Hey everyone, Quincy here. Wanted to say thank you for catching this replay of the hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro show on your audio platform of choice. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also learn more and enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and enjoy today's episode. Ready to go. We can jump right into it. So let's see. Andy, what's going on? Thank you very much with the luck for the postseason. For those of you who don't know, uh, we qualified for playoffs, and uh, we've got our first first round of the playoffs is on the road in Toronto next Sunday. Is it Sunday or is it Saturday? I believe. Actually, I think it's Saturday, not Sunday. I think it's Saturday. We leave on Thursday. I think I'll need to confirm. It's Saturday or some Sunday. Let's see what we got here. You spamming it, spamming it. I'm in your head emojis. Loving that, loving that, loving that. All right, so let's scroll up here, I think. Uh, McNasty asks, you guys going to the, sh- the ship this year? That's that's the plan. Man, the MSL train is, is getting passengers. We've been putting in the work. We've been having the tough conversations. We've been consistent. We've... Uh, We've been on the path, and I think we're on the rise. We're on the rise. Never want to peak too early, but you also don't want to peak too late. So um, I'm liking where the team's at and the progress we're making, and I, I think we have a good we have a good chance to make a good run here. So um, I'm excited for next week. Uh, Jordan asks, uh, "Does Griffin have pace?" I'd say he's. More quick than he is, like, blazing speed. I don't think he's beating anybody, like, in an open field race, but he is beating guys off of the um, off the dribble, like, within the first two, within his first two steps. Uh, Dave John asks, thanks for spamming that heart button. Guys, I appreciate it. Um, Quincy, I'm struggling with balancing school and college soccer. I know you had a good GPA and are a baller. Any advice to help me get back on my feet? Um, okay, so you were in college. Starting balancing school and college. Dave, okay. So, college athletics, college sports is not easy. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to balance. But it is easy to balance school and, uh, school and soccer if those are your only two priorities. I would... I would venture to guess that you're finding it difficult to balance school and soccer because you're also partaking and participating heavily in the activities and the fun that also comes along with being a college student. So, um, let's keep it real. Let's be honest here. So when I was in college, um, uh, the way I looked at it is, and I don't know if you drink or not, and I'm not... I don't know how old you are, so you can't drink unless you're 21 or older. It is illegal to drink if you're not over the age of 21, so that is most important. But I do know, and I'm not going to act like I don't understand and know, that drinking does happen in college. 
when I was in college, I looked at it like this. Um, you can party, and by party, I'm saying party and drink. You can, uh, you can do play and commit and play and focus on soccer, and you can do well in school. So let's say those are the three main things. Party and hang out. Uh, party, drink, hang out. Um, do well in school. Do well in soccer. But you can only choose two. You can't do all three. And most players that I saw chose party and drink and soccer. So their grades suffered greatly because of it. Or they chose uh, party and drink in school. So soccer suffered greatly because of it. And they just kind of went on. They just banked on the the level they were at once they got to college and what got them there. So they weren't. And, and now we're talking about as well too. I know you haven't given me a whole bunch of information, but I'm setting I'm setting the different things so you can think about how to make the decision for what's best for you and what it is that you want to do and what level you're trying to get to. So. Um, if you're in college and you want to play beyond college and pro, well, the competition's only going to get more and more difficult as time goes on. It's going to get harder and harder to do because uh, soccer is becoming a more uh, more well-known sport, more competitive with each passing year. And um, with that in mind, um, for me, I'm always going to say, hey, your grades and your GPA, that's your fail-safe. That's like most important. Though we'd all want to play pro one day and make money doing it, even if you do make it, the likelihood that you're going to make enough money doing it so that you can live for the rest of your life is practically zero. So your education is extremely important and vital and the thing that you're going to have to rely on or fall back on at some point in time, maybe early in your career because things don't pan out, but definitely later in your career once you're post-career. So um, for me, GPA in school or school is, is on that list, right? And the second for me was soccer. I wanted to do well at soccer. So what I opted out of in college was drinking. So I hung out with friends and I had a great time with uh, uh, and had amazing experience. I had an amazing time in college. I had a great time in college. Um, I loved my experience in college, but I never drank in college. I didn't drink once. Um, I didn't participate in alcohol. And I think that is a huge reason and at the time, it wasn't because I was against alcohol. I don't think – well, one, like I said, again, if you're not over the age of 21, you can't drink. But I also say other people make their own decisions and they want, they're drinking. So for me, I didn't drink not because I – and I've told you guys, not because I'm like, oh, I'm going to go pro one day. I want to go pro. No, I just, I just knew that – or I believed. I didn't know because I didn't drink that, one, I'm a high risk taker. I take a lot of risk. And when I was looking at the people around me in college who drank – they took more risk while they were intoxicated than they did when they were sober. So for me, I was just looking, I've always talked, I talk to you guys about this all the time. Learn from the mistakes of others, learn from what other people are doing, and then don't lie to yourself. Core value number one, self-honesty. And I was honest with myself and I went, you know what? There's some, there's gotta be some type of correlation between drinking and taking risks because the friends of mine and the people I see who don't take risks, who aren't people who are risk takers or like really outgoing, tend to be really outgoing and taking more risks while they're under the influence of alcohol. And I'm going like, well, I'm a human. I don't think it's going to affect me any differently. And if I'm someone who's, when they're sober and here, wants to take a lot of risk and wants to uh, be 
uh, out there and try to figure things out and accomplish things, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm drinking, I'm probably going to be taking a bunch of unnecessary risk. I'm going to be taking risk to the next level. And so for me, I was honest with myself in college and I said, I don't think I'm mature enough to handle alcohol right now. So, and I don't want to do it so badly that I think it's worth taking the risk. So I chose not to drink. And by, and what I'm saying by looking back, that was a very good, a great decision. And here's why I believe it was a great decision. It's because when you drink in college or just in general, especially in college, they're drinking. People aren't drinking just casually. They're drinking to get drunk. And, uh, and when that happens, one, you're, let's say you're intoxicated. You start drinking at like eight and then they're, you're, they're super drunk at 12 and then they're, they drink too much and then you see people are getting sick and throwing up and then they're not going to bed till like three or four in the morning. Then they're getting up not until 12 in the afternoon, two in the afternoon the next day and they're hungover and they feel like crap and then maybe they're drinking water and they're not doing anything from 12 till six at night. You know, they're, you're killing your entire day um, because of having fun that night under the influence. And for me, I'm going, I can have a good time or I, I'm looking at it, I don't want to have to be under the influence in order to have a good time. I want to be able to have a good time on my own without anything. And if I don't know how to have a good time without taking something, then I need to practice that. I need to learn that. So this is for all of you who are thinking like, ah, you know, I have to drink to like get loose and I got to drink in order to be cool or to feel comfortable or to be outgoing or to, that is not true. You don't need it. You think you do. MSO. You don't need it. You've just convinced yourself that you do or you believe that you do because it makes you feel good about doing something you know you shouldn't do or or you want to do it and you just want an excuse to ha- to get to do bad behavior. For me, what I'm saying is this. If you want to do something because you want to do it, then do it. If you don't want to do something because you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Simple. And if there is something you want to do, Don't say that you don't want to do it or you only did it because of something else, something that isn't, oh, uh, you know, oh, I didn't, uh, these people, no, you, responsibility, personal responsibility, you, 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 this is the MSO. Like I said, the truth here, just give me guys the truth and you might not like it, you might not like what I'm saying, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Keep lying to yourself? Or keep lying about the situation? I told you the truth is... What are you going to do? <sighs> anyway, the reason why I'm looking back and I'm telling you that that was a good decision is I had so much more time than the people around me because I wasn't having to recover from being hungover. I also wasn't having to... Um, I also wasn't uh, not aware and present and in, in my experience while in college. So like I remember all my time there. I had a great time. Um, I wasn't hungover, so that meant I wasn't wasting time that other people were trying to recover from the night before. I could be working on schooling, taking that seriously and getting that done. Um, and on top of that, it also forced me to have to become, be social. It forced me to have to learn to talk to people, to get to know people, to to build rapport, to network, to, you know, to be a human, interact with other people, um, speak, because I couldn't rely or believe I believed I needed to rely on a substance to to make that happen. So all of those things 
got me more reps. And we talk about the Ross Hawks about this a lot in every single episode because it's true. you got to put in your reps. And there's no shortcuts. There's no avoiding the work. And um, because I chose not to participate in that aspect, I got to get a lot of reps in things that are now serving me well even more. And then on top of that, once I became older, I think I had my first – when I turned 21, I had my first drink with my dad. We went to um, a local bar in Bakersfield, California. I think it was on Brim Hall and – what street was it? Brim Hall and um, – I can't remember the crossroad. But we had uh, – he had ordered a bottle of wine and I tried drinking a little bit of the wine but it didn't taste good. I didn't like it at all. Uh, so that was the, my first drink. And then, and then it wasn't until I got to Colorado when I was playing with the Rapids when I was 24 when then I started learning and experiencing alcohol, right? Um, and for me, I also think and I'm also happy that I did that because I got to experience that and learn it and, and find out what, what, what I like and don't like, um, what I can and can't handle um, for the first time. When I already knew who I was as an individual, as a person. When I'm talking to a lot of people and I've had conversations with many, many people, many started drinking at a very young age. Like I've had, you know, I've had friends who were like, oh, I started drinking at like 12, 13, 14, 15, and all these different types of substances and stuff. And I'm going like, I don't believe you know who you are yet. So to take those things while you're still figuring out who you are, what you want to do, what you like, what you don't like. I think it just kind of muddies the water and makes it difficult for you to actually define who you are without those things. So, like I said, I'm just sharing my perspective, what I did, um, and the mistakes I've made along the way, the pros and cons of what it is that I've done. And a lot of the things weren't because I'm trying to become a pro player. So I don't, I'm not going to tell you, oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't drink because you know I was a super disciplined person who didn't want to play who wanted to play professional soccer and I was super focused on that no that's not why I just was on like I told you I was honest with myself I was this huge risk taker and I thought if I did drink I probably would like it too much and have too much fun and I'd ruin my future so we talk I talk a lot about self uh honesty here self-reflecting self-reflecting self-awareness the three s's of self-awareness self-honesty self-initiative self-accountability um and the this approach the AmeriCorps process is what I'm discussing with you guys and we're always talking about here on the show and the core values of our of our company are the values for which I personally develop and use for myself to hold myself accountable to the standard that I believe I need to be at to accomplish the things that I'm wanting to accomplish for myself so it doesn't mean that you have to maintain that it doesn't mean that my standards have to be your standards uh, the process is just a way for you to figure out what your standards are, who you are as a person, what you want to identify as, what you want to accomplish, and giving you the tools and resources so you can do that for yourself. And on the process and on that journey, you're going to have to ask yourself tough questions about what you are or aren't willing to do and what it is you do and don't want to achieve. And the sooner you're able to be honest with yourself with who you are even in this moment, like me in college, I've said I'm too much of a risk taker to partake and enjoy this. It looks like fun. It looks like people are enjoying it. But I do not believe I am mature enough to to partake right now, which doesn't mean that that won't change or can't change in the future. And it doesn't mean that I was right then. I can just tell you that where I am now and looking at that, I can attribute where I am to the decisions 
I made at a younger age and my willingness to say, you know what? Um, if I want to do this thing two years from now or three years from now, if I still want to do whatever this is two years from now or three years from now, then I'm going to do it. And by putting like that time thing on things, it, it helps you understand that you don't actually need or you don't want to do things as badly as you think you do. It's more like that, in, the, you know, the, the initial motivation or wanting of something or greed or, you know, something's new. But if, you know, after you said, okay, I want, so now let's jump to something, jump to something else. Like, I, let's say there's a pair of shoes that I really like and I think they're cool and I want to buy them, but they're like 300 bucks. Um, what I'll do is I'll say, hey, those are really nice. I like those. I look at them and I'll just go, if I still want them as badly as I want them in this moment, six months from now, then I will buy them and I won't feel guilty about it and I won't, I won't feel as though I'm preventing my future self from enjoying life or investing in myself. And I'll tell you, nine times, 99 times out of 100, six months pass. I'll say 90 times out of 100, six months pass and I forget about those shoes. So I don't even know they exist. 10 times, uh, nine times out of uh, 100, I remember the shoes and I look at them and I'm like, eh. One time out of 100, I look at them and I go like, oh no, I still want these and I still like these. And then at that point in time, I do not feel guilty. I don't feel bad about it. I can make the purchase because I go, okay, over those six months, I know I invested in myself. I was saving money. I put these things away. I worked harder. I did an appearance. I did, I worked somewhere. I sold some, I sold items. I did whatever. So I can now use the work that I did to then purchase it, which now makes it more valuable to me. I appreciate it more. So it's, it's basically f tricking yourself and forcing yourself into appreciating the things you have more. And the way that you do that is by forcing yourself to practice delayed gratification. You have to choose to do that. Especially in the world we're going into. Everything, click a button, boop, boop. You know, it's tied to your Apple Pay, your credit card. It's to your account. You don't need to see it. It's all pre-financed and it, they'll just add it. And you don't have to make a payment for a year and there's no interest. It just presses the button. Beep. That's super easy. You're trying to, uh, you're choosing to avoid easy things um, to build that mental strength. Great question, David. Um, went deep on that one because there's a lot to cover on that, but I don't think anyone had asked me that before. So wanted to cover all those bases, but somewhere in there is hopefully some framework that you can use to navigate and make a decision on what it is that you would choose, you choose to do for yourself. And maybe you find a way to do all three. I didn't. Like I said, sharing what I know from my own personal experience. Um, Sebastian asked, do you play FIFA? I played FIFA in the past. I don't play FIFA anymore. Um, I used to be a gamer. I used to, I, I enjoyed I enjoy I enjoy gaming. I like gaming a lot, um, but it takes a lot of time. Um, I do plan, hopefully, to get back into it here in the future. Uh, Mark Pelosi was talking about starting up our Twitch channel, and I'm always big on saying, "Well, if you want to do something, you want to spend time doing it. You got to figure out how to make money while doing it." And um, until I know that we can figure out a way where it's it benefits the brand to play FIFA can't partake because it just takes too much time well more importantly i like to be good at whatever it is i'm doing and in order to be good at fifa you have to invest a lot of time in it 
So I don't want to casually game and just get slapped up and beat all the time. So I just don't participate because I'm too competitive. Um, let's see. Uh, typical chumps had got a man bun after my idol. <laughs> Love that. Jordan asked, do you know where you will play next season? No, I'm, I'm, I'll officially be a free agent again at the end of this year. Um, I signed a one-year contract with DC United, so it expires at the end of this year. And you guys know I'm my own representing agent. So, um, and, so, and, I tell you guys, you got to make sure you're preparing for all potential outcomes and eventualities. Uh, regardless of how well I believe I've been doing since I've been here and how valuable I believe I can be to the organization or club, nothing is set until there's a contract in front of your face that you can sign. So you have to navigate as though and prepare as though um, you aren't going to be brought back. There's not going to be an option or contract for you. Um, you have to act in the manner in alignment with what is guaranteed to you and my contract is only guaranteed till the end of this year so i am not sure where i will be next year um so if yeah so if you guys got contacts and you know anybody uh looking for uh a veteran a veteran forward with uh with uh with a lot of experience and a deep understanding of the league from a perspective that literally nobody in the world has I think that'd be pretty valuable to have. Uh, I'll let them know I'm a free agent soon. <sighs> oh, and you get a mental strength coach while you're at it as well, too. So, like, I could play soccer a little bit, but, hey, pretty good mental strength coach. And union rep. And agent. And marketer. I don't know if you guys checked out the, the uh, DC United conspiracy takeover it's still up there so go check that out pretty much anything like what do you guys you know what i mean you got to prepare I tell you guys prepare for anything prepare for your career to be over prepare for it to just get started prepare for to be cut from the team prepare to sign with a new team prepare to change careers or job like hey social media bang got you uh, the agent let's do it play soccer still uh-huh Union, okay. What do you need? Let's see. Uh, GTG Carmen said, Hi, Quincy. I'm doing a project about you for my business class about entrepreneurship. What really made you interested in helping others? Oh, what made me interested? Okay, so it depends on how far you go back. There's a lot of things that make me interested in helping others. But let's say, first and foremost, um, I think my sister Tyne. Uh, so I'm the eldest of four, but I'm the only boy of four. So I have three sisters. Um, my oldest sister, Tyne, is stupid creative. She can take, I mean, she could take this bottle cap and a twig and a, I don't know, a tennis ball and make, I don't know, and um, I saw her ability to do that at a young age, and it just, it kind of, it just blew my mind in the sense that you know, for me, I wasn't where I was creative is I was creative in ideas and being able to bring things together. So I could see something like what she can do. Um, and I would be like, oh, people would value this. They would buy this. We can make a business around it. 
And the way I looked at business from a young age was I was going like, I don't see why everyone doesn't want to do business because I'm going like, hey, for instance, my sister, she's really good at making stuff. I'm going like, yo, you make stuff in all – like that's what you do. That's what you spend your free time doing. So like I want to help because I'll make the business so that we can sell what you're making so that you can keep doing that for as long as you want to do it. A mistake. I can better articulate that now, but when I'm younger, I, I couldn't articulate it in that manner. It just seemed like all Quincy cares about is money, you know? And it's just like, oh, you just want to sell stuff and make business. And I'm going like, no, no, no. I'm just going like, I know everyone is working to generate money so they can live. And if I can help you figure out a way to generate money doing the thing that you do in your free time for fun, for me, it just made sense. I'm going like, hey, if I'm spending, I'm spending all day making these, these little balls for fun like that's your hobby like you like making these or you like painting for me i it, i was going like well i think the best way i could help is i could help make a business selling your paintings or helping you sell these balls cuz then that means you can do this all day and now you have enough money to like pay your rent and buy a house and pay for your car and all that kind of stuff but you know uh many people like the idea of doing this as a hobby, like not as their business. So they don't want, they want, they like the fact that it's not something that is money tied to it and all that kind of stuff. So that took me a while to figure out and understand. Uh, Cause I was just going like, I, I don't get that. Like I said, I think it was just wired a little bit different when it came to certain things, but I've since learned, I understand, I get it. And, um, uh, because my intention was to help, and that's what I'm saying first starting out. My intention was to help. Then I wanted to figure out why people weren't seeing what I was doing as help. So I wanted to help myself figure out how to help others. Uh, and I became obsessed with that. And that's kind of where it started with my sister in my misunderstanding of why I couldn't see and understand why she didn't want to do that. I, I learned over time like, okay – the, the association of that with just it only being for money and the only reason you're wanting to do for money or, um, you know, uh, business people tend to ruin stuff. And now it turns into, you know, I make one of these a day for fun because I enjoy it. But now that you were selling a bunch, now I have to churn out a thousand of these things a day. And now it turns into I'm a machine. I'm not like actually the craft. So I was understand. I learned and understood the other reasons and apprehensions and why people weren't understanding what my intention was. And on that path and journey of doing that, I had to learn a whole lot of things. One, communicating with with people, understanding their perspective, um, better conveying my message in a way that can be in, can be received in the way I, I intend it. Um, understanding that I'm thinking long term when I'm speaking to people in the moment. And if you're speaking long-term, it can be misunderstood in the short-term and rub people the wrong way. So what did I post earlier? I, I think I'd, I'd written down in my thoughts, self-interest benefits the individual in the short-term and is bad for the collective, for the group in the short-term. Self-interest benefits the collective in the long term and hurts the individual in the long term. So you probably got to think back through that. But basically, most people are navigating the world. Everyone's navigating the world with self-interest in mind, self-preservation. Um, 
And in the short term, self-interest always benefits you, the individual. Or is meant to benefit you, the individual. So let's let's clarify that. Now, self-interest, does, doing things that you think are in your self-interest doesn't always mean it's going to work for you. You're doing what you believe is in your self-interest because you think it's going to be what's best for you. And uh, that tends to lead to greed in the short term. So indulging in... Let's say instant gratification. So let's use uh, eating food as an example, or eating cake. Um, or so, I don't know. Maybe you don't enjoy cake, but let's say think of something like cake, cookies, ice cream, non-gluten cake, or non-dairy ice cream if it messes with you. Something that's sweet that's not necessarily healthy that you enjoy. We can all understand the idea that you shouldn't eat cake every day for every meal, right? Um, at least you can, and you can enjoy that cake and you can, you can enjoy it a lot, but as time goes on, uh, you will start to see the negative effects of doing so. So you'll start to gain some weight and maybe you start to get more tired and you get out of shape. And if you keep eating for too long, then you become obese or, and then you could get diabetes or heart problems and stuff like that. So like, Everyone can understand that from a health, a health perspective. Um, uh, that's the way in which I view self-interest. Self-interest is like eating cake today. And you can eat your cake today and enjoy it and it's fun. But then if you do it again tomorrow, okay, it's still okay and it's good. In the short term, okay, you're eating cake every day for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. Now it starts to go from, like I said, uh, uh, self-interest is good for the individual in the short term. It's bad for everybody collectively in the long term. So like uh, it's bad for everyone in the short term, but it's good for the individual in the short term. Um, Because you're eating the cake and you're eating all the cake. You're not sharing it with everybody and everybody else doesn't get to enjoy it. So it's just serving you. It's just you. You're just serving yourself. And it's okay to serve yourself sometimes, but most people are serving themselves all the time and then six weeks eight weeks two months three months later all they've been doing is serving themselves and now the world has kind of changed because one in the case of cake you probably start to you've added a couple of pounds you're not feeling as good your blood sugar and your levels are kind of off and then on top of that a residual negative effect not only for yourself individually do you not feel as good about yourself and how you're feeling physically emotionally now all the people who didn't get to participate in enjoying cake with you because you were self-serving you only served yourself the cake you ate it all for yourself you only were in your self-interest also now have resentment and they don't care much about you they don't want anything to do with you or they're less likely to want to have anything to do with you and now there's a second degree of like separation and isolation by participating in self-interest. So the more and longer you are uh, only self-interested, you're not looking to help and serve others, you only look to serve yourself. Over time, you become isolated, you isolate yourself in likelihood of you enjoying where you are and feeling as though you're connected and you have the relationships and the the access and the things that you would like to have uh, dissipates, right? But most people can't see that because they can only see the cake in front of them right now, and then they eat it, and they enjoy it. Oh, this is great. Then they, the next day, the next day, the next day. So insert self-interest for cake.
in this moment. And you can see the same thing, but mentally, or hopefully you can see the same thing is true on the mental side of it. And with the world we live in right now, with algorithms and technology, the algorithms are meant to serve you only what you like. So the algorithms, this here, these, these, uh, this technology, this stuff, is meant to only serve you the things that you like. So cake. And it's serving you cake, mental cake. Only things that are exactly what you like, exactly what you want to see, exactly what you want to participate in. You're only participating in self-interest things, self-serving things. And when you're doing that over and over and over again, you might not even be aware that it is happening because it can be a slow process, but you can wake up one day and you're not happy. You don't know why you're not happy or you don't, you, and you can't understand what's happening, what's going on or what happened. More importantly, you're confused as to where things are and you can't understand why it's not matching up. And a reason for that is because, um, because of technology, when you're, inter when you're interacting with it and you're using it, it's designed to just give you back more of what you want, more of what you want to hear, more of what you like, more of your perspective. So you have to choose to go and get opposing viewpoints. You have to choose to challenge your own thinking. You have to choose to participate. You have to choose to order salad, right? It's basically the internet and technology right now. I'm sorry, I'm... I'm thinking through the best way to convey these, this idea and thought that I've been having to try to dwindle it down to a simple, simply understood concept. So you guys are with me live, hearing me walk through the process of, of bringing an idea and a concept and something that I you know see and bringing it down into a, a simple concept that I can convey in a, in a straight manner. So by the time I've completely crunched this down, I'll have this good to go in like, you know, a one or two minute soundbite. So if you guys are on board with me, you're still liking that, give me a thumbs up and stuff. But you're seeing the process. I'm giving you real. This is the truth. This is how ideas form. This is how you work through them and you kind of convey it, um, convey it down. But a lot of younger individuals have not lived in a world without technology. So you don't understand what it means to live in a world without being plugged in, without a phone, without having instant access to to answers at your fingertips. Um, those of us who lived in a world where we didn't have access to that realized the research, the time, the effort, and energy that had to go into physically in the analog world to go and find answers. So you valued answers more. You valued information more. Information um, was considered more valuable because you had to work for it. Right now, information is not considered valuable because you technically don't have to work for it. You just open your phone and boom, you want the answer, there it is. And most people are now fighting for your attention. And what grabs your attention more? What, right, in food, cake, ice cream and cookies, or, you know, tofu, vegan, tofu, vegan, you know, spinach with no dressing and, and nothing on top of it. Obviously, cake, cookies, and ice cream, right? But, like I've talked about before, this is the first time in my understanding of the human experience, right? We've had access to information so easily that we've never even experienced... 
Hey, sorry to interrupt, but if you've enjoyed listening to this episode and learning what it takes to increase your mental strength, well, how would you like to work with me one-on-one directly? Now you can with Be Pro Mentality. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash bpro, that's perfectsoccerskills.com slash b-e-p-r-o to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Being media, being, uh, getting fat on media, right? So like mentally fat or mentally obese, mentally overweight, right? Because we have to choose, just like you have to choose to eat the salad, to eat the lean meats or to eat the vegetables and to do this and opt out of cake, ice cream and cookies every day. I'm not saying you can't partake in them, but you understand that you can't indulge in that every single day. So why then do you only listen to the person whose opinion you already agree with always? Why aren't you, when you read an article on something or read a book, go read the book of someone who has an opposing viewpoint of you. If you're going to travel to, you know, if you're going to travel, don't just travel to the same place all the time. Travel to a place that's the polar opposite of what you think it is. I guess just be open to, open to the idea that you can be wrong and, it, and you could it still be okay, you know? Te- people demonize technology a lot. Oh, it's making us stupid. It's making us – no, it's not making us anything. We're just using it how we want to use it. And I think this is the first time we've ever had access to it, so we're overindulging. It's just like, hey, is this the first time you've had cake and ice cream? You didn't even know it existed before. Now you have it at your fingertips. You can eat it whenever you want, and you don't know the negative consequences of it. Well, you're probably going to overeat cake. And it's probably going to be a couple years until a few people start getting overweight and other people are getting sick that we start to go like, hey, what's the deal with that stuff we've been eating over there? Oh, man, cake? Man, that stuff's amazing. It tastes so great. And then someone else comes at you with the truth and goes like, hey, yeah, you probably shouldn't eat that stuff. It's not good for you. It looks like it's making you overweight. What do you mean I'm getting overweight? What do you, don't tell me not to eat my cake. This is amazing. This is the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. You're terrible. You're a horrible person. You're just jealous of the cake I'm eating over here. You just want all the cake for yourself. All right. What, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've just, I've just noticed you started eating cake three years ago, and you've only been eating cake, and this is what you look like before you're eating cake every single time, or this is how you used to think, or this is how you, you used to be more open-minded, or you used to be, have a more balanced viewpoint of the world, you used to not be as angry, right? you used to not be as sensitive, and fragile, and weak, and scared, but hey, what do I know? Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Right? So, uh, we've gone a lot of different places with this, but it's all centralized around the same thing. The truth, okay? Like, have you not been paying attention to the truth so long or so in denial of the truth for so long or believe that you're right so badly that you've refused to hear anything or receive or be open to any other information other than the information you believe to already be right and true? If the answer to that is yes, well, how long has that been the case? And why do you believe it's healthy to do that? I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just asking you. You know, moderation. Like, I don't think it's healthy to eat cake every single day. I think it's healthy to eat cake occasionally because it's good for the soul. You know, it makes you feel good. Tastes good. But 
Again, what do I know? I'm just asking you questions to ask yourself. And you'll choose to answer them however you see fit. And you'll seek information. In my experience, most people will seek information only to confirm that they're right. So they're just looking for someone who's going to repeat back to them what they want to hear. Does that help you? Not really. I'm the person who's going to challenge my ideas, make me think, critically think. Why do I believe what I believe? Is what I, is what I believe the best belief to have? And then you say, well, what's a, the best belief to have? Well, what are your individual goals? You know, And what's the larger impact you want to make on others? Or do you even want to? Not everybody wants to help other people. Okay, if you don't want to help other people, why not? Because no one helped you? Okay, well, if you continue that path, well, then that's, that's why no one helped you. Because someone thought the same thing as you. They thought, well, no one helped me, so I'm not going to help them. You know, eye, eye for an eye, the whole world goes blind. You know what I'm saying? Yes? No? Um, yeah, truth, truth, truth. Seeking truth. Not seeking the truth I want to be true. Just being open to receiving information. Listening. Um, to the best of my ability. And then trying my hardest to understand or see from the counter perspective or opposing perspective. You know, empathy. All right. This is good. This is good. Appreciate you guys joining in on the live with this one. Uh, Zaya, Z-A-Y-U-H-H underscore said, how do you block out what people have to say and get out of your own head when it comes to soccer? I always find myself getting thrown off easily by what people say, even though I'm putting in the work. Uh, don't block out what people have to say. Let it in. Hear it. Understand it. Be grateful for it. So, okay. The way I look at it is two ways. One, if you're if you're hating on me, you're telling me something. So let's say, Quincy, you suck. You don't score any goals. Okay. All right. Quincy, you suck. You don't score any goals. People can tell me that all the time. Okay, cool. So... One, I look at it several ways. One, okay, Quincy, you suck. Well, I don't think I suck. I don't think I suck. So, like, that right there just goes like, okay, you think I suck. I don't think I suck. So, the first would say, why, why do you care that he says you suck? Maybe you say, well, that's my coach, and if he thinks I suck, he doesn't play me. Then I'd be like, okay, well, why does he think I suck? Well, this guy in this sense, uh, you suck because you don't score any goals. I go like, okay, do I score goals? I'm going like, oh, okay, no, I'm not scoring goals. I'd be like, okay, he's right. So then what? He's in your head because he told you the truth and you don't like the truth? Okay, so then the question would be like, are, you, are they getting in your head because they're saying the truth to you and you don't know how to handle the truth? You don't like the fact that that's true. For me, Quincy, you suck because you don't score any goals. One, you think I suck because I don't score any goals. I'm going like, well, I don't think I suck because I don't score any goals because I go, that's not, I'm, I'm, I'm a forward who's trying to create goal scoring opportunities for the guys around me. And I'll create more opportunities for those around me who I think are more inclined to score goals, which means I'll score less because I don't get to play 90 minutes every single week. I get five and 10 minutes here and there. So that's not, I'm not going to be as effective for my teammates if my sole focus is self-serving to just score goals. 
right? But I'm thinking bigger picture. I'm going, okay, if I'm going to only average 5 to 10 minutes every game and I'll get in, call it 20 games a year, call it 10 minutes per game, that means I'm getting 200 minutes, okay? So if I'm getting 200 minutes, that's two 90-minute games plus an extra 20 minutes. All right. Well... Is it more important that I get the, let's say, uh, a high strike rate would be one goal per game. So let's say two goals in that 200 minutes. If you look at a goal per minute ratio and I had two goals, you say, hey, Quincy, you suck. You don't score any goals. I'll say, okay, well, is it more important that I score goals or is it more important that I score, score a higher number of goals per minute? Well, okay, if that person doesn't know the difference between the two, why do I care what they think? They don't know what the hell they're talking about because they don't know the difference between the two. Okay, and then if I take it deeper, I go, okay, uh, Quincy, you suck because you don't score goals at a high enough score rate per minute. I go, okay, cool, but is that my focus? Am I focused on trying to get a high goal per minute? No, I'm going, I'm trying to have a high chance creation for goals per minute because it doesn't, in the game of soccer, I don't have to score a goal for us to win. We, our team, it's teamwork. Like I said, teamwork makes the dream work. If my teammate scores, it counts for me the same. So if I can create a better opportunity for him to score, yeah, I'm not getting the goals per minute, but I'm create chances of goals created per minute. I think that's more valuable. I think that's more important, especially if I'm only going to get 200 to 300 minutes a year. Okay, do I want to have do I want to create Three goal-scoring chances per game. Uh, High-quality goal-scoring chances per game. High-probability scoring chances per game. Okay, well, if you're creating those per minute, maybe instead of just, you know, two goals per, uh, you know, one goal per game average, where I'd have two goals in that 200 to 300 minutes, if I'm creating four high-quality goal-scoring chances per 90 minutes... Well, now that maybe turns into two goals helped scored or three goals helped per 90 minutes played. And then you're going, okay, yeah, you have no goals, but you helped create six goals. And those six goals helped us win three of the games and tie two of them. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. When you're talking about blocking out haters, one, you have to understand. One, you have to look and say, is what they're saying true? If it's true, then thank them for telling you the truth because not many people are willing to tell you the truth. People who want you to fail don't tell you the truth, right? People who actually want you to fail don't tell you the truth. They don't tell you what's really happening because they don't want you to know what's really happening. Those who are your haters, those of your haters who want to see you fail but don't don't understand, aren't smart enough to grasp and understand what it means to be a hater – are looking for the reasons why they think you're bad, which means, okay, if they're right, they're helping you. That's what I'm saying. Think about what they're saying. Quincy, you suck because you don't score goals. I go, oh, man, okay, do I suck? No, I don't think I suck. Well, uh, he's saying I suck because I don't score goals. Well, okay, does he understand the difference between goals per minute and and, and games played and all this? Hey, do you understand? No, you just suck because you do this person. Ah, Okay, this person doesn't even understand what they're talking about. They're just super angry at themselves or they're having a bad day or they just think I'm an easy target or they're getting bullied at school. Like, uh, what are you going to do? That same hater, that same person who's hating on you is going to be the same person asking for a photo and an autograph, you know? And... 
and probably doesn't put their name with with anything that they're saying on the internet and their picture. You know what I'm saying? So like they're not they're not, they're not standing behind their words and what they say. And if they are, they're literally helping you see things that you probably can't see for yourself. So are you mad because they're telling you the truth and you don't like the truth? Well, if you don't like the truth, take personal responsibility, self-honesty, take some self-initiative, take some action to create a plan to overcome what you don't like, and then hold yourself accountable to it. And then thank your hater six months later. Ah, I like that. Thank your hater six months later because they're the reason they help. They're going to be your mo- – they're going to help you. They're going to keep you going. They're going to keep letting you know, Quincy, you suck. Cause like, hey, Quincy, you suck. Quincy, you suck. Quincy, you suck. Quincy, you suck. And be like, yeah, oh, that too. What else do I suck at? Oh, okay. Oh, do I suck at that? Dang it. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that existed. Thank you. I'm going to go work on that now. Oh, Quincy, yeah, you're good at this, but you don't even, you don't even know how to you know, do this. And I'll be like, ah, oh, you're right. I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm going to go do that. Yeah, you suck. You can't even do it well. Yeah, well, most people aren't good at stuff when they start. That's kind of how it works. You got to practice. There are no shortcuts. That's what I'm telling you. Well, they're spending their time telling you you suck. It means they're not working on getting better at something to beat you. So you, they're just helping you. They're just helping you. So hopefully that helps you better understand it don't let them throw you off just think laugh laugh when they make fun of you laugh at the joke because you're like yeah that's that's pretty good i am ah yeah i do suck i don't score goals <laughs> you're gonna take the fun out of it for them they're gonna be like well never mind they're gonna be like you're too stupid to know that i'm making fun of you i'm like oh gosh okay well if i'm too stupid to know you're making fun of me fun of me why are you stupid enough to keep talking to me just ask him that. You're a Quincy. You're a clown. Okay. Well, you're talking to a clown. What does that make you? If I'm a clown and you're spending your time talking to a clown, what does that say about you? But if you don't think I'm a clown and you're spending time talking to me, then okay. What value are you getting from talking to me? Hopefully, you're getting some value. Because if not, that wouldn't be a very good investment of your time, now would it? So the longer you're spending working with me, and we're all working together, sharing ideas, sharing perspectives, um, as time goes on, we should all be getting better as a result of it. And if not, then we got to start questioning the information we are taking in, our information diet. Is this helping you critically think? Is it helping you get better? Is it helping you... um, Acknowledge the things that you might not like about yourself and accept them and then put forth a plan to overcome them or accept them and realize that, you know what, I I don't want to be a pro because it's a lot more work than I thought. And I actually, I don't want to do that. I want to work with pros or I want to work as this or I want to do that. Like, there you go. Save yourself some time. Speaking of which, time. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash time because guess what? Time is your most valuable asset and I want to do the best I can to help you leverage and utilize your time, which is why we put together a time management worksheet and document. This is a tool we use internally. Um, you know, I've been working with Ross for a couple years now. He works for the Perfect Soccer brand full time. You'll see him on the YouTube channel doing 
Um, a lot of the videos joining in live, he answers the questions live daily while I'm not here on Thursdays um, for the account. And, um, you know, we were, you know, he was struggling to figure out this new world, this new uh, YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So we were really having to dwindle down and, and laser in on how to best utilize his time. Like there was a lot of skills and skills and things that he was needing to develop and get good at and learn how to do Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, graphics, all that editing, video, all of, the, all of those things. And you only have 24 hours in a day and he's got a life and kids and all of that stuff. And uh, we came up with a time management system to help him track his time and then create a time uh, results worksheet so then we can see his time, so he could literally see his time. Because a lot of you are making the excuse of saying, Quincy, I don't have time, I can't do this, I don't have time. Guess what, that's not true, because you're wasting a whole bunch of time. You just don't know how much time you're wasting because you're not tracking your time. You're not tracking your time because you don't want to see how much time you're wasting. Because when you see how much time you're wasting, you'll know every single time you say time is the reason you can't do something, you are full of crap. You're just full of it, honestly. You're full of it. You have time. It's just not a priority to you. And it's not a priority to you because you haven't sat down and written out what your priorities are, are and what you're willing and committed to doing to reach the things that you say you want to achieve. Having said all that, the time management worksheet and process that we use internally and have been using and refined is now available to you absolutely free at perfectsoccerskills.com slash time. I shot a video walking you through the time management worksheet, how to use it, how to utilize it, and why it will become the most valuable tool in your tool belt and will greatly help you develop the mental side of your game, both on and off the field. So like all the things we're talking about, I know it's the at hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro Show, and I know soccer is what brought us here together. Uh, most likely soccer is the reason why you found out about me and this channel and stuff. But the things we're talking about, the lessons we're talking about, the ideas, the mentality will serve you well in any industry, in any lane. Moms, dads, parents, coaches, players, um, teachers, um, athletes, uh, janitors, everything. We all have time. We all utilize time. And our mind is what we're using to navigate this world. So um, perfectsoccerskills.com slash time. I very much recommend and almost require that you head over there. I require you head over there and watch the video and see how the timesheet works and use the timesheet for at least six months before you make a decision on whether or whether or not you think it's valuable or works or not. And it doesn't, it's not gonna take that much of your time to do because it's just an investment in yourself. And uh, if you're not willing to do that, then you're not serious about accomplishing pretty much anything. And I will say that and I'll, I have no problem saying that because like I said, we're talking about the truth here. You don't value your time enough to invest in figuring out how to leverage your time, then you're not serious about accomplishing anything meaningful. Yeah, I will say anything meaningful. I literally say you say anything meaningful, anything with purpose, anything you want to really hang your hat on and be proud of, um, you're not going to be able to do it without understanding how to manage your time. So I've got a minute and a half here left on the live. I appreciate you guys joining in. This, this was a good one today. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Avery Adams said, I tore my meniscus. I'm out of football for seven to nine months. Football's my life, and it's very discouraging. Do you have any tips? Yeah, well, first, go over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash quincyamericois25. You'll see some of my road to recovery videos that I did for the Quincy Time vlog. I tore my ACL, LCL, bicep, femoris, popliteus, tendon, IT band, all in one play. So you can see a little bit of that. Look at this injury as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to... 
refocus, replan, and re-strategize uh, what you want out of the game, out of the sport, and what you're willing to do to get back to it, and how committed you are. You know, in the short term, it's going to seem you know difficult and and hard, but make it turn into something that you are grateful for. Make the injury. Be grateful for the injury because the injury will let you see how badly and how much you love soccer. So this is your opportunity to see how much you really love the sport. Because you're gonna just let a, a, a you know a simple thing as a torn ACL keep you from your keep you from the thing that you love. Well, if if that's all it takes, you don't love it as much as you think you do. So yeah, Timmy, I'm still working on the MSL cleats. Uh, Andy, thank you very much. Andy said, "Good stuff." Quincy, thanks. Of course, uh, England twenty one thirty said. Love this live. Thank you very much, guys, girls, everybody. If you guys can take a screenshot of this right now, we got 15 seconds. There we go. Um, and give me a couple of highlights as to what you took away from the live, what you liked about it. Tag myself, Quincy Marquand, and Perfect Soccer. I'll reshare. Thanks again. I'll see you guys next week. I got two seconds left. Quincy Marquand here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you would like us to interview next, we'll get working on it right away. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today. Thanks again, and see you guys in the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.